This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Brian Cahoot. I think it's important. It's important to remember, and I think remembrance is, 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 the, is a key word in Scripture that we see often all throughout the Old Testament, especially you've probably read the stories of, uh, of the Exodus and people coming out of Egypt, and over and over and over again, uh, the Lord commands them to remember. It's, a, it's an interesting command, and I think sometimes we give the people of Israel a hard time because they saw the plagues and then they come to the Red Sea and they doubt and then they go to the, the Amorites and they doubt and they get thirsty and they doubt. But, but they were still learning who God was. They were learning a little bit about God, uh, God's power, but they were really learning about God's uh, providence and presence. They were learning that God wasn't just in Egypt. They were learning that God was everywhere with them, that he was with them all of the time. And remembrance is actually at the height, at the apex of the Christmas story as well. We see it in Luke chapter 2, verse 19, where after the long journey to Bethlehem, after the, the, the whole uh, finding room in the inn, after the, the shepherds were brought the message by the angels, after the birth of Christ, uh, Matthew, uh, Luke 2.19 says that Mary gathered up all of these things and she remembered them. She treasured them in her heart. And for her, when we look at Christmas, when we think about Christmas, when we think about people in Scripture and God's presence with us, uh, that idea of remembrance and giving gratitude, thankfulness is, is part of this. And it comes to us, I want to read just a portion of Luke chapter 1 and also Matthew chapter 1. If you have your Bibles, turn there really quickly. I'm going to read this passage in, in Luke chapter 1, starting in 26. It says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man named Joseph. Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came in to her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, and the Lord is with you. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at this saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this would be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. I find it really interesting that Mary uh, had trouble with this greeting. The angel had not got to the difficult part yet. The angel had not relayed the message that you are going to become pregnant and have to convince your parents, Joseph, your family, the town, everyone that you know that you were not deviant here, but the Lord came upon you and miraculously uh, given you a child. He had not gotten to the part yet where this child was going to be the Messiah. Mary, one day, no matter how kind you are to your neighbors, no matter how many miracles he does, no matter what he does, no matter what he says, no matter how many people he feeds, how many blind men that he heals, how many demons he casts out. The hard part of this message is, Mary, that he is going to go to a cross, just like Mark's saying, and that he is going to die and you're going to watch it happen. The angel had not even gotten to this part of the message yet. All he said was, you're highly favored and God is with you. You're highly favored and God is with you. And Mary at that message said, what kind of message is this? That the God of creation, the God of the universe, says that He's with me, and that He's for me. And if you think about the, the Gospel of Luke, 
you probably understand and know that Luke was a physician. He was a doctor. He was a Gentile that came to faith after the resurrection. In fact, he opens up his letter. He opens up the gospel of Luke with these words. He says, I'm writing you to, to you, dear Theophilus, so that you would know the exact truth about the things that you've been taught. And eyewitness accounts studied hard and brought to you so that you would know the exact truth about the things that you've heard. And so I believe that Luke witnessed some of these things, not for himself, but through the stories of others like Mary. I believe that Luke sat down with Mary and he said, tell me about when the angel came. And she said, oh, I've thought about this for years. He said the strangest thing to me. He said that God was with me and that he favored she said, I just couldn't get over that. I couldn't get over the fact that the God who hung the moon, the stars, and the sun would say that He's with me and that He's for me. But see, it didn't just stop at Mary. Matthew goes a long way to say that this isn't just Mary's story, this is our story. And in the genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, uh, it's, it, let me say this. The genealogy in Matthew chapter 1, if you're an honest person, raise your hand. Okay, if you're an honest person, you got a bunch of liars in here, Dad. None of them, none of them, none of them raise their hand. When you get to the genealogy sections in Scripture, raise your hand if you either just skip it or just read really, really fast. Raise your hand. See, even Dad raised his hand. You, you guys are a bunch of liars. I'm going to change my message. All right, so... Watch this in Matthew chapter 1. Look at this. I'm going to read it slowly. I don't want you to, to, to follow along with me. A lot of these names I won't pronounce right. But if you see one that you want to grab for your next child, you should go ahead. The book of generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. We know those guys so far. And Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas, who, who was Greek for Judah, the tribe of Judah. His brethren. And Judas begat Perez and Zerah of Tamar, and Perez of Hezron, and Hezron begat Ram, and Ram begat Abinadab, and Abinadab Nashum, and Nashum Salmon, and Salmon Boaz of Rachab. That's the Hebrew from Rahab. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David and the king, and David uh, the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. Of her, it would be Bathsheba. And Solomon begat Rehoboam, and Rehoboam begat Abijab, and Abijab begat Asa, and Asa begat Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat begat Jehoram, and Jehoram begat Uzziah, and Uzziah begat Jotham, and Jotham begat Ahaz, and Ahaz begat Hezekiah, and Hezekiah begat Manasseh. Manasseh begat Amon, and Amon begat Josiah. Josiah begat Jehoiakim and his brethren about the time that they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jehonakon begat Seathiel, and Seathiel Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begat Abad, and Abad begat Elikim, and Elikim Azor, and Azor Zodak, and Zadak became Achim, and Achim begat Eliad, and Eliad Eliezer, and Eliezer Mathian, and Mathet began Jacob. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Now, it's interesting, in this genealogy, you have three groups of people. I would call them the unreal. 
the Abrahams, the Isaacs, the Jacobs, the Davids, the unreal characters of Scripture that we would expect to find in the genealogy of Christ. The, the guys who, who stood, Mark wrote, we were talking about the song uh, backstage a little bit, the song he wrote a while back, a long way back, you can't ask too much of my God. And he says, uh, you know, that David gathered a handful of stones. And what David prayed for is what David got. You know, we would expect stories like that in the genealogy of Christ. In fact, we would expect all of those stories in the genealogy of Christ. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, all of them. We, we see the unreal stories that are almost hard to believe. But then we see the unlikely people in the genealogy of Christ too. In this passage, in this story, in the way that Messiah comes, uh, Matthew uh, mentions four women besides Mary. He, he mentions Rahab, Ruth, Bathsheba, and Tamar. Now, if you know their stories, you know that they're unlikely to be mentioned here. Not just that, but the women themselves at this time were looked at as property, more as people. In fact, uh, they, they couldn't even give a testimony in court at this time without their husband coming to stand beside them and saying, if what she says is a lie, then I will pay the penalty as well. And so for Matthew to include these women in his genealogy wasn't just unlikely, it was undone. And he includes them, I think one writer says, it's as if Matthew scours through the genealogy of Christ. He doesn't mention every name. He mentions some names. It's as if he scours through the genealogy of Christ and picks the most sordid stories in Scripture and pulls them in so that we see ourselves there as well. We see ourselves in the unlikely characters in their story. But also, we don't just see the unreal, the unlikely, we see the unknown. There's, there's nine people listed in the genealogy of Christ here that are found nowhere else in Scripture and nowhere else in history. None. Their names are not mentioned one time in any other writing that historians or theologians can find. Not one time. Some would suppose that they're kings or priests or, or writers or something like that, but I think just as likely they're, they're nobodies. They're average people like you and me who faithfully walked their lives and were included into the genealogy of Christ. See, what Scripture teaches us, I think, through this incredible story is no matter who you are, no matter what your story is, if God can use one of us, He can use all of us. And it doesn't matter what your story is. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your past. In fact, God gets a special glory when he uses the stories of those who have gone before us into his story. He gets a special kind of glory when we surrender our story and say, I don't understand how you can do anything with this, but if you want to use it for your kingdom, then you do just that. See, God comes to our stories in Christmas. He comes to our stories. He comes to us. Scripture says that he is God with us. He works through our stories, but he also saves us from our stories. We see that this story of Christmas is not just a baby in a manger, but it's the baby in a manger who went to the cross. He went to the cross. He went there for you and for me, no matter what your story is, no matter what your past looks like, no matter not what stories you would have written about you. He came for you. 
You know, there's an interesting uh, author, John Ortberg. He writes and he asks a question. He says, if you were able to look at your story of your life and rewrite it and have five minutes to edit anything out or edit anything in, what would you do? Maybe, uh, you know, you'd write in, I won the lottery way back before, you know. Tithe doing that, of course, right? Or maybe you would write out different moments of pain and disappointment. Or what if you had the opportunity maybe even to do that for your children or for someone that you loved and you look at the script of their life and you could flip through the pages and they gave you a magic pen and they said, you have five minutes to change anything that you want to. What would you edit out? Maybe you would see a pain or a disappointment, a sorrow, a really deep hurt, and you say, man, I wish I could undo that. I wish I could change that. I wish I could form that. I wish I could do something about that. And he poses this question because it gets to the heart of who we are and what we really want and what we really believe. Because Jesus didn't come to just change all of that. He stepped into all of that. And all of those disappointments, all of those hurts, all of those sorrows, all of those things, Scripture says that He came as a suffering servant and that there is nothing that we go through, nothing that we go through that He does not fully understand, that He did not endure Himself. He comes into our stories just the way that they are. So if I have one thing to say to you this morning on as we approach Christmas, even as we remember the goodness of God through the people that He puts in our life, I would say allow the Lord to use your story, wherever it is, however it is. Open hands and say, God, my story is yours. You listen to Pastor Brian Cahoot. For more information, Visit our website at BufordRoadBaptistChurch.com.